What is up, football fans? We are here with the, uh, I, I guess it's not really the debut episode. This is kind of just a little teaser for what we're going to bring to you on the Goal Line Football Show. So this is me and my boy Jordan of the Pod Warriors fame from the Chick Foley Show. Uh, we're spinning off to talk NFL, a little bit of college football, just bring you guys all things pigskin all season long. Before we go any further, let me introduce my best friend, my main man, my co-host, Jordan. What's going on, dude? Man, I'm just uh, ready for football season, just like you. We've talked about doing a sports show for a long time and finally put the pen to pad and we're gonna we're gonna unleash this football greatness on you hell yeah so uh just a little bit of housekeeping notes to get out of the way before we get started we are at least for the start of the season we'll see we may end up just doing it all year long we're gonna post the show on two different feeds so uh obviously if you're listening right now you've been able to find it but you'll have the option to Continue to listen right here on the Chick Foley Show feed. And then there's also going to be a separate feed just for the Goal Line podcast. So for whatever reason, if you want to um, if you want to just have you know a feed with just the Goal Line episodes, uh, you'll be able to do that too by hitting the link in the show notes. Um, want to thank all the Foley fam that I'm sure is coming over to hear this. We got a ton of football fans uh, there in the group, the following on our, our pro wrestling podcast. And also want to thank our new listeners that are discovering us from scratch. Thank you guys for checking it out. We hope that uh, you dig what you hear and please give us some feedback. We love getting the feedback. You know, it's uh, we don't have anything set in stone on this. So we're, you know, we're kind of running the no huddle offense, Peyton Manning style calling it as we go. So, you know, if you think you got a good idea, something that can make the show better, feel free to drop us a line and we will, we'll take it on board. Um, Jordan, can you give the listeners the social media handles if they want to follow? I can. So on Instagram, it is all one word, the goal line football show. And then on Twitter, with a lack of characters and everything, I had to go goal <laughs> underscore line underscore pod. That was the only thing available, man. We'll have the link tree in the show notes to make it real easy. Um, you know, quick quick sidebar. If you know anything about us, you know we're we're gonna uh, we're gonna go down some rabbit holes on this. Are you still calling it Twitter? or Are you calling it X? No, it's Twitter. It, always Twitter. It will right? never be X to me. It will always be Twitter. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm calling it Twitter just with a new kind of crappier logo. The logo is absolutely awful. It looks so stupid on my phone. I get pissed every time I see it. (laughs) Thank you, Elon. Uh, Hopefully he's not listening. We don't want the algorithm to bury all our uh, promotional tweets for uh, for these shows. But um, so, again, this is just a little teaser. We're going to kind of go over the format, talk a little bit of football and stuff. But we want to just let you guys know uh, what to expect from us. We are going to be doing this show every Monday night. The plan is to start taping at halftime of the Monday night football game. So we'll kind of, you know, we're not going to be doing like live commentary of the game, but we'll have an eye on it and can, uh, you know, talk about stuff as it's going down and uh, and then bring you guys all of the news from that week of football. Um, yeah, Jordan, am I missing anything? Or are we good on housekeeping? I think we're good, man. Let's just uh, let's get, give it a run and see how it goes. All right, so any of the old school football video game players know that. That's the sound once you get through all the menus and it's ready to kick off the ball in the classic Tech Mobile back on NES. So we thought that'd be the perfect tune to uh, get the show started. So we'll be kicking off each week just going over, you know, the big three to five stories from that week of football, depending on how how noteworthy it was. Um, for this week, since we're still just in the preseason, I kind of just want to start off with some background. Like, Jordan, just give the listeners a little bit of background on your, you know, your experience with football, your love for the game. Uh, kind of just tell them why this is something that you wanted to do. Yeah, so um, really young age, probably around five or six, I kind of fell in love with football. Um, I'm For those of you that don't know, I'm from Nebraska. Nebraska football in the 90s was, uh, I mean, it was as big as any football has ever been. Tom Osborne, triple option. Um, Yeah, it just, it set the tone for me being a football fan just because it, I mean, Lincoln's only 40 minutes from me, so it's it's a quick drive. Um, Going to Memorial Stadium still to this day gives me goosebumps. It's just, it's such a fun place to go. Um, As far as NFL, um, Deion Sanders made me a NFL fan, man. He got drafted to the Falcons. Um, That's how I became a Falcons fan, so yeah, those of you who don't know, um, I am a Falcons fan. Me and Seth actually became friends because of the Falcons. Um, so yeah, we've uh, we've seen some things together. Um, but yeah, NFL and college football—it's just 
nothing compares to that for me. I, I played a little bit of high school ball. Um, I had some offers to go to college, just wasn't for me. Um, I, I knew I was just gonna be wasting people's time because I knew I didn't want to go to school. <laughs> so, but I mean, I've always loved football, man. It's just being able to hit people and not get in trouble for it. It was, was always my biggest thing with playing football. Cause I mean, I was always a bigger dude. I wasn't a tiny dude by any means. So I played basketball and I would always get like technical fouls and stuff for throwing elbows. So football was my passion and my outlet. So, yeah. Yeah. Same. And I, I started playing in, I think fifth grade, I started playing tackle football growing up. I, would, I was just a sports nut, like out the womb, man. I just, I, I, but before I started playing football, I was kind of like equally divided between baseball, basketball and football. But the moment I started actually playing, you know, tackle football myself, it became all NFL all the time. I was super deep into the video games, going back to playing, you know, Tecmo Bowl, like you guys just heard uh, on NES. I'd play that with my dad when I was real little. And then moving on through Joe Montana sports talk football and the Sega Genesis and then eventually discovered Madden around like 1994. And it's been a wrap since then. Like that and NCAA football were my games for years, man. I'm still playing NCAA football 2004 on uh, PlayStation two. As, as we speak, man, I have an active dynasty on there. So I, I just, I love all things football, watching it, playing the video games, talking football. And there's so many times, you know, over the last, 13 years that me and Jordan have been friends that we've had hour long conversations on the phone, just bullshitting about football. And we've always kind of said like, dude, we should do like a football podcast. You know, my beautiful wife, Sheena kind of gave us the platform with the awesome wrestling podcast that she started. Um, to kind of get us, you know, get our legs under us podcasting wise. And we felt like this year we were finally ready to make it happen. So really excited to kick this off. Just have an outlet every week to, to talk to you guys and just get some thoughts and feelings out there on what's happening in the the world of football. Um, I'm coaching my son's flag football team now. It's five and six-year-olds. Uh, it's been super challenging, but also a ton of fun. we got our first game tomorrow, so we'll definitely be bringing you guys uh, updates on that uh, as the as the season goes on, too. We'll, we'll see how it goes. It's definitely a little bit of a bad news Bears vibe right now, <laughs> but uh, we got got a few promising athletes on there, so we'll see how it shakes out. Um but yeah, we'll open the show every week with the uh, you know the top handful of stories, and we're gonna have guests sometimes. Uh, they'll have on with us, you know, former NFL players. So that'll be good to get you guys some actual insight from people on the field. Because at the end of the day, as much as we're consumed with this stuff, watch it, obsess over it, we still don't have that perspective from somebody that's actually been there and done it in the league. Yeah, it's gonna be. Um... It's going to be interesting to kind of just hear their viewpoint and how they got to the league, what their journey was like, things like that. Um, and, I mean, shit, what it's actually like to strap up a helmet in the NFL. I mean, I, I like I said, I played high school football and there was no joy like it. So I can only imagine getting paid to go out and hit people and do what you love is just – it's just – I mean, it, it's their passion. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what some of these guys talk about. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, primetime Deion Sanders once said, if you look good, you feel good. And if you feel good, you play good. That's something we definitely believe in. One of the biggest things about football is just the drip. I think out of all the sports, football gives you the best chance to really just look badass. Even if you suck, you, you could still look the part pregame, you know, looking like the back page of the East Bay catalog or something. So we wanted to have a segment on the show to kind of devote to that because that's something that I haven't really heard on all the podcasts I'm looking at that I listen to. So we're going to have the Uni Watch where we'll take just a few minutes each week to discuss, uh, you know, some if, if a team was rocking some funky alternates or, you know, debuted a, a new uniform to just discuss our thoughts and uh, and feelings on it. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting because you, you talk about swag and stuff, and I can just remember like getting that first NFL jersey and just like the joy you felt putting it on. I mean, I still collect quite a few NFL jerseys, and yeah, I mean, it's just the jerseys always set the tone for when you come on the field. Like, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I watched the Falcons come out of the field in those black Dirty Bird jerseys, like. I, I mean, when you look like that, like, dude, you, you look like you're going to be awesome. And then they'd come on the field and shit the bed. But I mean, <laughs> hey, I mean, dude, some of the coolest uniforms ever are the the orange Buccaneers unis. And look how bad they were. Sickle. Yeah. The suck what, sickle. what is your uh, what's your all time uh, favorite uniform? I'm going to go Chargers powder blues. I just think that those are just like the cleanest unis that have ever been. 
I uh, I know you're going to hate me for this one, man. I love the Chiefs alternates where they rock the white jersey with the white pants, man, where they go all, all like the white outlook. I think that just looks clean as hell. What are your feelings on like all these NFL teams doing complete alternates of their normal unis? Like, how do you feel <laughs> Dude, about it? I, to me, man, I feel like they miss more than they hit. Now, Nike is Nike is so on fire with their designs. Usually the designs look pretty freaking cool, but at my heart, I'm a traditionalist. Um, like the one coming to mind right now is, you know, the Colts got their their Indiana Knights jersey that's coming out this year with a black helmet. Like when has black ever been a color for the Colts? The Colts have one of the most perfect uniforms in all sports. Um, they're, they're one of those teams that never needs an alternate, you know? Yeah. So I think we should just go through the 11 new unis for this season just to just to kind of give a teaser of what we're going to have every week. So Yeah, run them down. Um, number, the first one was the Indiana Knights Colts uniforms, just all blue jerseys with white letters, blue pants, and black helmets. Yeah, I mean, they look, aesthetically, they look cool, right? But it's, you know, it looks like something I would have made on like the custom uniforms in Madden 2001, dude. I just, I, I don't think, I feel like it's just a reach for the Colts and it's just a, it's just a, a, a grab for, for merch money, you know? I mean, I get why they're doing it. Like, dude, there's nothing wrong with selling more merch. So I get it. Um, the second one is, I mean, these aren't necessarily throwbacks or anything new, but the Cardinals have uh, new primary road and alternate uniforms. Have you seen these, Seth? I saw them. I mean, if you didn't tell me they were new uniforms, I'm not sure I would even realize. It looks more like just like a tweak than anything else. Yeah the the red the red one is probably the most noticeable because it's got Arizona across the front of it. Not a huge fan of that. Anytime they add letters and stuff on the front, not a huge fan of those type of jerseys. And that was my take on the Falcons alternate when they put ATL on it. I just. I don't know, man. I just don't like letters on the front for some reason. For I thought, NFL. And, and honestly, man. Even if the, besides, if they were going to do the letters, just the font. Like I hated the font that they picked for it. Also, it just looked kind of just kind of dated. Because I thought the uniform, those Falcons uniforms were pretty cool with yeah, like the gradient, the gradient. black to the red and stuff. But the uh, yeah, that ATL was just ugly on there. Yeah. Um, next is the Detroit Lions. This is just an alternate helmet. The helmet is dope. Th- this yeah, this Lions logo nice. is awesome. So yeah, that that's going to be cool. Um, the next one is the Broncos snow-capped helmet. Beautiful. Those are pretty clean. That's beautiful. Those are pretty clean, yeah. yeah. That's- I'm a big fan of those. It's between those and one other that you're going to get to for my favorite of the new uniforms. This one is probably second least favorite for me, honestly. Um, the Cleveland Browns whiteout. I- dude, I love that one. That's my favorite one, dude. Wow. I think I've always loved the Browns uniforms, man. I think having... Brown is a primary color, just really unique, and it pops with the orange. I've always loved like the classic Cleveland Browns look, and I think the you know I'm a big fan of like I said with the Chiefs, those all white uniforms. I, I think that uniform looks clean, dude. I, I'm not saying it doesn't look clean. I just I don't know, man. I, it's just not what I picture with the Browns. So I guess that's. The I mean, only, it is the Browns. Yeah, so, you know, you kind of got to put a damper on it, but I, I do I do like that look. Yeah. Uh, six is the Bucks bringing back their cream sickle uniform. Absolutely cool. iconic look. I, I love it. Never should have went away. Yeah. Um, next one is the Vikings bringing back their classic uniforms. Also should have never went away. Yeah, they could, that could be their uniform every week. Um, this, to me, is by far the best one. Uh, the Eagles Kelly Green throwback. This is phenomenal to me. Yeah. I. <laughs> so, excuse me. I always go back to that 2010 season opener against the Packers. They were rocking those when Mike Vick kind of had his coming back out party. Um, and it was just the perfect look for that. I, I've had, I've run a few dynasty or a few franchises on Madden over the years, always starting with the Eagles just because I love those jerseys so much. Yeah. It's, it's a killer look. Yeah. Um, next is the Jets legacy white throwback. I mean, the J- cool. the Jets uniforms are pretty kind of plain as is. I think I feel like they have one of the more plain uniforms their helmet is always one of my favorites. So I love the Jets logo. I just think it's, it's a clean look. Um, but yeah, these are these are fine. This is probably my second favorite. Tennessee Titans wearing the Oilers throwbacks. These are yeah, dope. another beautiful uniform. The the baby blue with the uh, with that like varsity red. It just works, dude. I just love the Oiler logo too. It just I don't know, man. It just reminds me of being a kid. Yeah, that 2009 when they were celebrating, I think it was the like 60th anniversary of the the AFL. They rocked those jerseys like four games and always looked so nice. That was that year Chris Johnson went for 2,000 yards and 
just I always picture him and Lindell White in those jerseys just running roughshod over the league. And last but certainly not least, the Seattle Seahawks are bringing back their 90s throwback uniform. This should have happened a long time ago. Yeah, that is a really cool <laughs> uniform. Always like the Seahawks look. Um, I do think they have some of the best of the modern uniforms. Like there's theirs is one of the few designs that's come out in the last like 10 to 12 years. That I think is actually like a truly iconic uniform, you know, just because of all the success they had. And it just really fit like the kind of techie Seattle vibe. Um, those, those new uniforms they got from Nike back in, I want to say like 2010. Um, but yeah, I, I love the nineties look too, man. The, the throwback to, to John Kitna in the, uh, the kingdom. Yeah. Little Steve Largent action for you. Yeah. But yeah, so we will be bringing it to you guys every week. Uh, we'll, we'll dip, this will be an area where we dip into college. Like I said, we'll, we are going to have some college talk. It's going to lean heavy NFL on this, but College teams always got the crazy uniforms coming out. Just there, there's you remember back in the day, like Oregon would have a different uniform every game of the season. I mean, they still have a pretty eclectic group of uniforms they wear every week. So we'll we'll definitely highlight the Oregon jerseys every week. Probably um, Nebraska's got some throwbacks this year. They're nothing like <clears throat> crazy or anything, but uh, they have a cool backstory. So we'll get into it the week they wear those. All right, let's get into our prediction segment. All right, hit a little uh, Drake Underground Kings there. So, as always, you know, it's a, it's a football show. We got to bring you our picks. So, we'll be picking all the games every single week. We'll be scoring it by the week, see who uh, reigns supreme as the ultimate NFL game prognosticator. Um, Jordan, I want to get some some season-wide predictions out right now, though, if you want to uh, talk. So we'll kick it off. Who is your pick to win Rookie of the Year this year? Uh, offensive Rookie of the Year. This is a homer pick, but I just I think they're going to give him the ball so much and there's not going to be a choice at the end of the season. So I'm going B. John Robinson. Yeah, I think barring injury um... – it's gonna it's gonna be a lock, man. I, I I don't see any way he doesn't get it between the talent that he has, the the creative run game that the Falcons are gonna be employing. I just think this is you know hand in glove, perfect fit, and he's gonna kill it. And I honestly, I think at the end of the season, I think a lot of teams are gonna look. You know, there was some there was some hate on the Falcons for taking this guy number eight overall. You know, it is high for a running back, but I think by the time this season wraps up, there's going to be teams looking at themselves like, shit, dude, why did we why did we overthink this? Why did we not get this guy? Because I think he's going to be one of the absolute best players on the field just about every single week that he lines up. Yeah, I, I get the because running backs are just so devalued now. And I honestly think this approach is a smart one. Like, I get it. You're burning a first round pick on a running back. Bijan is not a normal first round pick running back. This dude's a freak. Um, and also, dude, they get him for five seasons on the the rookie deal. I mean, if they decide after five years, like they can just kick him to the curb. I mean, they got his five years out of him, and if he starts uh, falling off after five years, at least, I mean, I, I think it was a great pick, honestly. Yeah, same. I it is kind of crazy looking at how much trouble running backs are having nowadays getting that second contract. But it's just the nature of the beast, man. As NFL offenses have become more and more specialized, you just really don't have that that Ladanian Tomlin style, like three down workhorse running back that the whole team's offense is built around. Derrick Henry is far and away like the exception to that nowadays. Um and he's a guy that, you know, two years ago we said that he might be cooked and he's still performing at a real high level. Uh, but that's just so hard to do. You know, he's he's a freak. And you're seeing guys like Ezekiel Jackson, Dalvin, or excuse, uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. What? Yeah, sorry. I, I switched over to uh, the uh, Chick Foley show <laughs> wrestling talk there for a second, dude. It's only a couple of Ezekiel's in my life, man. So forgive me for that one. Uh, but yeah, you know, Dalvin Cook, these guys just having a, uh, a hard time getting to that second contract. And it sucks for them because they are good players. I would, I definitely think they're underpaid for how good they are. But yeah, like you said, they're, I feel like a lot of times at the running back position team just feel like they could get you know, probably 75, 80% of the production that those top line guys are giving them for less than half the price. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting thing moving forward. All right, defensive player of the year. Not rookie of the year, just defensive player of the year? Yeah, just defensive player of the year. 
I think the best defensive player in football right now is Micah Parsons. So I know, I know it's kind of a cop-out answer, but I just I think he's far and away the best defensive player, so I'm going to go with him. Yeah, I wish we could get a little controversy going. I'm right there with you, man. I think he might – he's probably maybe number two to Mahomes for, like, best overall player in the league right now. Dude's a freak, man. He is a straight-up game-changer. And barring injury, man, um, I think he's got it. Maybe you can see somebody like T.J. Watt – uh, get hot and rack up a bunch of sacks and stuff. But I feel like Michael Parsons is just a disruptor, even in more ways than just, you know, being a pass rusher. I think he's just a beast and he's somebody that the offense has just got a game plan around every single week. So yeah, he is my pick as well. Um, who do you got for offensive player of the year? We'll say, you know, not, not best non QB in the league. Um, I think I'm going to go Jamar chase this year. I just, I feel like, the league has evolved so much into a receiver quarterback league. And I mean, the dude put up incredible numbers last year and missed five games. Like if it wasn't for him missing five games, he probably would have dwarfed Justin Jefferson's season. And Justin Jefferson had an absolutely incredible season. So yeah, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. I'm going with the, uh, the other LSU tiger receiver, man, Justin Jefferson. I think, that I'll double down on my prediction. I think we're going to see him break 2,000 yards receiving. I think it's going to happen this year. With with the way offenses are nowadays and adding the 17th game to the season, it's only a matter of time, and I think he's going to do it. You know, Rookie year, he had 1,400 yards. Second year, he had 1,600 yards. Last season, he had 1,800 yards. So he's trending in that direction. He's gone up every single year. Um, I don't see the Vikings being in a ton of situations where they're up late and showing out the clock. So I think they're going to be throwing the ball nonstop. And I think Kirk Cousins is good enough to deliver him the ball on time where he needs to be to rack up the yards. And I think we see a receiver hit 2K this year. I think there's a possibility two of them do. I think both LSU receivers might hit 2K this year, honestly. I think Jamar Chase is just going to be incredible this year. I think first, like, completely full season other than his rookie year, I just – I really feel like he's going to rack it up this year. He's awesome, man. I think uh, – I do think he's very close to Justin Jefferson. I mean, maybe he's even a little bit better. I have concerns about the health, man. I don't – if I'm putting money down on it, I don't see um, – I don't see Jamar Chase playing 17 games. I just I feel like something's going to happen at some point, and he's going to miss a few. I mean, it's definitely possible. I mean, NFL players are are not scared to sit out a game anymore. It it used to be, dude. You uh you put some tape on it and you get back out there. It, it's not that league anymore, man. Yeah, and at this point for the Bengals, anything short of a Super Bowl win is going to be a letdown. So, I mean, obviously home field advantage is important. I don't think it's quite as important as it's been historically, though. Um, and I think they just want to make sure that they're firing on all cylinders come January. Yeah, it, that team is is right there. I mean, they are definitely – there's three like elite teams in the AFC to me, and they're definitely one of them. All right, who is your pick for MVP? I I think if Hertz plays a full season this year, I really think he has a chance at it. I mean, everybody can pick Mahomes every year, but I feel like you got to switch it up a bit. So I'm going to go Hertz. I think he plays a full season. Um I think Swift adding Swift in place of Miles Sanders assuming Swift stays healthy, I think that's going to push that team even further over the top. So yeah, I'm going to go uh, Jalen Hurts. I think, yeah, I mean, if he played, if he didn't get hurt last season, he was running away with it. He was definitely running away with it. You know, Mahomes was kind of a close second all season long, and then Mahomes had a good a good finishing kick there while Hurts while Hertz missed out those last few games. So I think that's the only reason why, uh, you know, Mahomes won it last year. You're right. Mahomes, it's like MJ in the 90s, right? Just smart bet on him to win the MVP every time, but um, I'm going Joe Burrow, man. I think we're going to see Joe Burrow level up this season, uh, and I think he's going to be even better than he's been the last couple years. You know, I think, uh, like you said, he's going to help Jamar Chase off to a strong year. It's his fourth year in the league. Uh, I just think it's, like I said, we're going to see a breakthrough for him. He's going to, which is saying something because he's already been tremendous these first few seasons, but I think he levels up and gets his first MVP. As long as their offensive line holds together they're gonna be fine man dude their their thing is always their offensive line falls apart though that's that's always been their thing so i hope it doesn't yeah, happen i just feel like it's got to improve though because they got so maligned all last year i mean that's really what kept them from going to the super bowl last season man was that o-line they were 
they played the Chiefs freaking razor close in that AFC championship. And that was with Joe Burrow damn near looking at a team picture every time he dropped back to pass. Yeah, losing two offensive linemen for the playoffs definitely killed them. They did sign Orlando Brown, so I think that's going to help them a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, there is so many like star quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Um, I we're witnessing a special time right now for NFL football. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun season. I cannot wait for next week. All right, let's get the big one. Who is your pick for the Super Bowl? Just who? who's my pick to win or who do I predict? Yeah, who, who are you picking to win the Super Bowl? Dude, I do this to myself. <laughs> the last two years I've done this to myself because I truly thought this was the best team going into the season. I'm going to do it again. I, I truly think the Bills are going to put it together this season and they're going to win the Super Bowl. I just – this team is so stacked with talent. Josh Allen just has to avoid the stupid-ass turnover that – for some reason, the dude has like the Brett Favre mentality. Like, there's an inch of space. I can definitely throw the ball through it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he can a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, he's got a cannon on him. I just, I don't know, man. I think all these disappointments are just going to keep fueling him. And I, I really feel like that team's good enough. Not having Vaughn Miller down the stretch last year killed that team. Their defense couldn't get any pass rush at all. It didn't seem like against a good team. So, I think having him healthy at the end of the season is going to be a huge thing. So I'm going the Bills. I'm right there with you, man. I think the Bills also. I, uh, you know, last year they were rolling. They it seemed like they never really got their mojo back after the whole Demar Hamlin situation because um, they kind of limped through the rest of the regular season. And they, to be honest, man, if Tua plays, I'm not sure they beat the Dolphins, man. The Dolphins get the final score ended up looking decent. But the Dolphins were hanging right there with them for three quarters with the freaking backup quarterback in that first playoff game. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of those things. But I think a lot of the Bills players underperformed last year, though. Like Gabe Davis did not have a strong season last year. We thought he was going to be a breakout, dude. After that playoff game against the Chiefs uh, the year before where he dropped four TDs on a man. Yeah, he was like the fantasy darling um, last offseason. Yeah, it did not work out. I... I'm kind of with you, man. I think I actually think the Bills are not going to be this is going to sound crazy. I don't think they're going to be as good of a team game in and game out as they were last year. But I think they're, you know, battle tested, battle hardened from these just heartbreaking failures they've had. The Or I wouldn't say failures, the heartbreaking endings that they've had this, uh, to the season the last couple years. And I just think they're ready to go, man. I think, you know, they, they're ready to freaking strap it up and uh, and march their way through the playoffs and get that ring. Who do you think comes out of the NFC? Because I feel like there's only really two or three teams from the NFC that even have a chance of winning a Super Bowl at this point right now. I think it's going to be the Niners, man. I, uh, I, I'm I a huge fan of Kyle Shanahan. I think he is just a tremendous coach. I'll, I'll double down on that one also. I think it's going to be the Niners with Sam Darnold at quarterback, dude. I, watch out for Sam Darnold this year, man. He looks pretty dang good in the um, – in the the preseason uh we know brock purdy balled out last year but i think sam darnold's got a little bit more physical you know tools a little bit you know stronger arm a little bit more athletic than brock and i wouldn't be surprised if you know brock gets hurt or maybe struggles a little bit through the middle part of the season and uh they end up going with sam darnold at some point i could see him giving them a spark we know kyle shanahan's offense is basically the easiest one in the league for qbs to excel in um you know matt ryan had his huge mvp year in that offense Tua playing in that same offense in Miami last year just looked tremendous when he was looking like, you know, he could a, a possible bust after his first couple seasons. So, yeah, I think the Niners with Sam Darnold uh, come out of the NFC. The, the Eagles are loaded down with talent, but I don't know, man. There's oh, That Super Bowl hangover is real, uh, and I just – I don't know if they're going to be able to climb back out and make it out of the conference again, but I, I'd say the Niners are, are my pick. The craziest thing about the Eagles, there's two teams in the NFL that I always picture as like their front office always does the right thing. The Eagles and the Ravens, for some reason, it seems like they hit on every draft pick. They let guys go at the exact right time before they like hit a peak. I, I don't know, man. I just I feel like Jalen Hurts is gonna play pissed off all season. Like they had that Super Bowl. And, I mean, the dude played nearly a perfect game outside of that fumble that the Chiefs housed. Outside that was that, a fluke accident. Yeah. That's, you know, one in a thousand chance something like that happening. I, I just feel like that dude is just going to come out with a chip on his shoulder. People are still doubting him, which I still don't understand. Like, 
this dude has won at every level of football and people just keep doubting him. I don't get it, but yeah, I just, I feel like that team's really good. I just don't trust the Niners because their quarterback situation for the exact reason that you just said is why I don't trust them. I just, I don't know, man. I've seen Sam Darnold play a lot of football, and it it's usually doesn't end well. I mean, that is a loaded team, so you don't have to do a whole lot. And I think people are really overrating Brock Purdy. Like like I just said, that is a loaded team. And just get the ball out, dude. Don't make mistakes and get the ball out. That's that's your entire offense. Just, just hand the ball off to McCaffrey 25 times a game. Throw the short routes to Debo. Ayuk and Kittle and just just go. I mean, that's what they did last year at the end of the year. It wasn't like they found some magic formula on how it worked. It's just they run their offense, and like you said, it's the easiest offense for a quarterback to run. So I just I feel like their quarterback play is going to cost them. I'm still holding out hope that maybe Brock Purdy struggles first four or five games. Sam Darnold gets in there, gets a high ankle sprain around week eight, week nine, and uh, Kyle Shanahan gets on the phone with his old buddy, Matty Ice, man, it brings Matt Ryan into town midseason to uh, take over the Niners for the uh, for the the end of the season in the playoffs. God, I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> you, I mean, dude, you tell me you wouldn't be rooting for the Niners, dude, oh, if they I, brought in Matty Ice. Dude. I, I would one hundred percent be rooting for him. I'm just saying, like, usually these things end in a letdown, and I just have a feeling I'd get my hopes up and be let down again. Like, I just. I don't know, man. It's just anything that's associated with the Falcons is doesn't age well. I still think Matt Ryan could could get it done, man. I I don't know what was going on in Indianapolis. I can't I can't believe that he just suddenly fell off the cliff. Because, dude, I mean, the Colts were getting some Super Bowl hype last offseason. Because if you watch the Falcons through those last couple of Matt Ryan years, Matt Ryan was not the problem. No. Dude was still balling out. He was actually keeping the Falcons from being in the absolute basement of the league with how good he was playing, dude. Like the dude was still having awesome, awesome seasons. And a lot of times the stats, you know, people, it's my big argument when people try to say, Oh, Matt Ryan's just stats. Like, no dude, the stats don't even really show how good he was playing. If you watch the games, it was kind of incredible. Some of the stats he was even putting up. I feel like the Colts biggest downfall last year was not Matt Ryan. Their offensive line was absolutely miserable. They couldn't block for whoever the quarterback was. Matt Ryan being behind a line that cannot block is not a good uh, recipe for success because uh, I don't know if anyone's noticed. Matt Ryan doesn't exactly move very well at his heightened age. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just it, – I think it was just a disaster from day one. Jonathan Taylor got hurt, so they couldn't run the ball. Their offensive line couldn't pass block. I mean, dude, when Michael Pittman is your one weapon on offense for receivers, like, you're in dire straits, man. Michael Pittman's a good player, but – not good. Yeah, definitely. So are you going – so Eagles was your pick come out of the NFC? Yeah, I'm going to go Eagles-Bills. I think Bills over Eagles. I mean, dude, either one of those games, Bills-Eagles, Bills-Niners would be an incredible Super Bowl. Like like I said, dude, we're, we're spoiled as NFL fans right now. There are some really good quarterbacks and teams in the NFL right now. We've been spoiled on the Super Bowls too, man. Like the last like really like 15 years of Super Bowls, there have been some bad ones in there, but they've been really good. Remember when we were kids? I mean, so – me and Jordan are both, you know, mid late thirties. Uh, when we were kids, I feel like the Super Bowl sucked ass almost every single season. Well, yeah, dude. I mean, how many times did we watch the 49ers just absolutely blow somebody out? <laughs> like, I think that that Broncos Packers Super Bowl was the first one I remember like being being a half ass decent game. But I remember the Super Bowl was always a snoozer for the longest. Whenever uh, whenever we were coming up, yeah. Outside of that Broncos Seahawks game, what was that eight years ago? That's the really really last bad Super Bowl we've had. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get to one more segment. We're gonna go over, and then we'll hit some listener mail. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. All right, that was uh, Jordan's 90s hip-hop uh, recommendation for this segment. Real quick, man, I forgot to ask you, Jordan, what are you drinking tonight? I am sipping currently on a Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken Skull Double IPA. Hell yeah. I'm drinking a uh, Miller Lite. If you guys have ever listened to us on the uh, the Chick Foley Show, Pod Warriors, you know, we do not pod sober. So we'll definitely be hitting you guys with some beer recommendations throughout the season as well. Because, I mean, drinking beer is a huge part of watching football. Drinking beer is a huge part of watching anything. 
<laughs> All right. So this segment will be million dollar bets. This is where starting next week, um, me and Jordan, we're basically each going to start the season with a million imaginary dollars and we're going to be laying down bets all through the year. And we're just going to see who, uh, you know, who comes out to- on out on top uh, by the end of the Super Bowl. So this could be player props. We'll, we'll probably stay away from the parlays just to keep it simple. But we'll do uh, we'll do player props, um, you know, betting, you know, money line. You can bet the line. All, pretty much everything that's on the menu for bets, we'll be doing it, and we'll uh, we'll just keep running tabs on it all season. It's kind of fun. Jordan is definitely like a professional gambler, where is I? I don't think I've ever actually placed a real professional bet. And I don't think even just goofing off with friends. I don't think I've ever done more than like twenty bucks. So I'm I'm still confident I can beat Jordan. With all that being said, yeah, we'll see, pal. We need to. Uh, Jordan, your your homework for this episode is to figure out what our official, um, you know, what our website's going to be because we got to keep it consistent. So, what website we're going to use for our our odds and our prop bets and stuff for the season? On it. All right, and last but not least, we will hit the mailbag. <laughs> So the mailbag is always a big part of any show we do. Um, we'll talk football, but, you know, feel free to sprinkle in any goofy questions you guys want um, about, you know, life, love, whatever you want. But obviously it's going to be centered around football. Um, feel free to slide in the DMs on the social media accounts if you got a question that you want to hear answered on the air. Jordan, you ready to get some questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So first up, we have our buddy Zach Hertzler, favorite football player of all time. Um, mine is the one that make, made me become an NFL fan. So Deion Sanders. How do you think he's going to do this week against TCU, man? You think he's going to shock the world or 20 point underdogs? No, they're not shocking the world. I'm hoping they lose this week and then get boat raced by Nebraska next week. So yeah, if there's a God, Nebraska will beat Colorado because I hate Colorado. Dude, I got a funny feeling Dion's going to surprise some people this season, man. Like, look what he did at Jackson State, right? They were no powerhouse, and he had those guys kicking ass within two seasons, man. So, I'm very interested to see how it goes this week against uh, TCU. So, you, you don't think there's any chance that they, uh, they pull us off? I mean, dude, it's football. There's always a chance, but I just – flipping a roster completely over. I mean, dude, he's got 45 players that left that program – or 50 players that left, 45 new ones in – that's really tough in college football, man, to completely overhaul a roster in an offseason. So they were one and eleven last year, though. Yeah, they they were bad last year. The, here's the problem, though: like when you get forty five new guys that are all expecting to be the number one player on a team, sometimes it doesn't mesh well, man. Like it, it doesn't always mesh well. Those kids are in front of the cameras every practice. Like they're recording everything. So yeah. I don't know, man. Some dudes shrink on that. I'm uh I'm rooting for man. Speaking of the the uni watch segment, dude, that Colorado black and gold, those uniforms just pop, man. Yeah, they're all right. I hate Colorado though. <laughs> I don't know why. I hate it on the Saints. I feel like the Saints always look like ass, dude. But I always thought Colorado's uniforms look sick. Like even going back to like the you know the '90s, like Rashawn Salam and Cordell Stewart. You want to know why the Saints ones look like shit? Because their fans are in the stands and their shitty players are on the field. <laughs> <laughs> my all-time favorite man uh i gotta go mike vick dude i still you know with all his controversy and everything at the end of the day sitting down on sunday afternoon to watch mike vick play football there was nothing like it man because he obviously he was very very inconsistent that was ultimately his downfall i don't think um i don't think he did all the prep work necessary to be a you know top level nfl quarterback i think he was getting by just off of his tremendous physical gifts but you just every single week, no matter who they were playing, they had a chance to win if, if Mike Vick happened to, to get it going and go off. So I just loved watching Mike Vick play. It was awesome, man. It was a definitely must see viewing every week. It was uh well, unfortunate the way it ended, but yeah, definitely an awesome player. All right. Mike Rivera says, not a question. Just want to give Jordan a huge shout out for helping me out with the Chick Foley show fantasy football league. You're very welcome, man. Happy to do it. Uh, J Bone, John Swallow, who we did the uh, the long balls with last year as part of the Turnbuckle Tavern crew, just has another comment. He says, Matt Ryan is still a good, all caps, good quarterback. So I think we already kind of discussed this. Um, we discussed this earlier on the show, and then we both kind of just owned J Bone on his own podcast last year, um, explaining how wrong and just how idiotic his takes on Matt Ryan are. Or any quarterback that hasn't won a Super Bowl. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that was he his whole thing. He it was down just, on it. Don't forget. It was completely binary. If you've won a Super Bowl, you're basically like send them straight to Canton, induct them in the Hall of Fame while they're still active. If you haven't, you're just you know garbage juice. Yeah, I can't believe they robbed Trent Dilfer of the MVP that season. They won. Zach hurts. Yeah, yeah. Zach. Brad, what about Brad Johnson with the Bucks? Yeah. Don't forget about him. Yeah. Man. All right, Zach Hertzler, favorite football player turned wrestler. Um, like a full time wrestler or just one off? Like, or are we? If we're talking full time, it's either Lesnar or Reigns. I mean, there's really is Lesnar a football player though? I mean, he did with the training camp with the Vikings. He was dude. in an NFL training camp, dude. And he, he, I mean, almost made the team. Yeah. And he wore number 69, fucking legend. Actually, no, I, I'm taking both those back. It, it's Goldberg because he actually played in an NFL game. He he yeah. made it to the top and then was on the top of wrestling. So I'm going Goldberg. It's been a lot of good ones, dude. Obviously, I I mean, can you really argue against Roman Reigns being the best, if not the favorite? I mean, I think he's definitely been the most successful. Um, but I, I don't think he – I think he had a – just uh, training camps in the NFL, and I think he had a cup of coffee in the CFL. You got The Rock also, man. The Rock was on those freaking dynasty Miami Hurricanes teams in the early 90s. Yeah, he was also um, sucking wind while the Huskers were beating the shit out of his team. So. <laughs> yeah, my favorite's Roman Reigns. There's a lot of good ones to pick from, man. Lex Luger, Flying Brian Pillman. Remember he used to rock the Bengals tights when he was a babyface? Yep. You got Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. Yeah, there's a ton of really good ones to pick from. But uh, Roman's obviously got to be my favorite. Yeah, Bray Wyatt playing at uh, my, my old, one of my alma maters. I got my associate's degree from Troy University down there in Alabama where uh, where Bray went. RIP. Yeah, good question, man. I think we could we, – we, we, we need what we need to do, man, is set up a whole roster. We'll do that. So if there's a slow week this year in the NFL, we'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a whole draft of, uh, of football players turned wrestlers. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right, Johnny JB says, "Do you see Mac Jones improving this year, or is it another shitty season for my Pats?" Well, the biggest problem is you're probably, if not the best division in football, you're in the second best division in football. So, best of luck to you against those three teams. I, dude, I just don't think Mac Jones is that good. Like, he's serviceable, man. He's he's like a seat warmer. Like, he's not. Mac Jones isn't like dog shit, right? Like he he gives you a chance. Obviously, he's made the playoffs before, but he's I don't see Matt, he's not the type of quarterback that's going to elevate anything you got going on, right? Like he's he's kind of he's like the definition of just a guy, right? Like the you know you hear the term in like sports analytics, like replacement level player. That's exactly what Mac Jones is. Like if you went to Walmart and got NFL starting QB off the shelf, it would be Mac Jones. Mac Jones to me is the the prototypical was on a stacked college football team looked better than he actually was then got to the NFL not on a stacked football team and looks at what he actually is an average yeah. NFL quarterback. I will say in his defense he could potentially have a little bit of a, a mini breakout this year because he actually has a real offensive coordinator. You know he doesn't got freaking Matt Patricia being his offensive coordinator, so that that could help. Um, the fact that they cut Bailey Zappi, who you know I was a fan of, broke all kinds of records at uh, in college football at Western Kentucky University, our hometown school there in Kentucky. Um, they cut him, which means they got to have a little bit of confidence in Mac Jones. But I, I don't, you know, the problem the problem with the Patriots, Jordan perfectly said it. They could actually have some significant improvement over where they were last season and still be in last place uh, in that division because. The Jets, you know, they could catch fire with Aaron Rodgers. The Dolphins are obviously loaded. I think if Tua stays healthy, the Dolphins may win that division. I know I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl, and I stand by that. I could totally see the Bills winning the Super Bowl from a wild card spot because I think the Dolphins are going to be more motivated to just go out and kick ass all through the regular season. So, yeah, that AFC East is just absolutely loaded. Yeah, it's uh, definitely going to be a tough division. Tough sledding when you add Aaron Rodgers to your division, no matter how old he is. All right, Tony Barker, give me hope, fellas. Will the Bears be an improved team this year, or will it be the same old, same old? I think I think they're going to be better than they were last year, which I don't think is a major improvement, honestly. I mean, they won four games, and didn't they start out like three and two and then went one <laughs> and ten the last 11 weeks? The biggest problem for this team, and and I was watching them in preseason, they definitely have to cater their off. And this is the exact same thing people have said about Lamar Jackson. So I'm not saying anything that's not been said before. 
they're catering their offense around Justin Fields, which they should do. I'm not saying they shouldn't. The problem is, is like they keep adding more and more playmakers, but they keep ignoring the problem. This dude cannot throw an accurate pass more than about 15 yards downfield. That's his biggest problem. I did not see anything in preseason that told me they have any more faith in him throwing the ball more than 15 yards down the field. Like, there's going to be a lot of screens, a lot of throws at the line. I mean, last week I was watching him and he threw like a 15-yard pass to DJ Moore and it was completely inaccurate. It turned into a 40-yard gain because DJ Moore just shook the whole team. But I think because of that screen, right? Yeah, I think they're going to have problems on offense, man. I think. Their defense is going to be really bad, too. I, I didn't realize how bad their defense was until I heard somebody talking about it yesterday. Um, I, I think they're going to be better, though. It's going to help that Green Bay doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. I'll say that. That's not two guaranteed losses every year because the Bears against Aaron Rodgers was just – I mean, they, they didn't even really need to line up the teams. They just pretty much knew they were <laughs> losing the minute Aaron Rodgers got on the field. So, Yeah, I uh... – you know, if you're a Bears fan, I don't see it happening this season. I don't see any significant improvement. I think what if you need something to hang your hat on, you got to hope that maybe you guys have a uh, a mirror of the Josh Allen experience. Because, dude, think back. Those first two years, Josh Allen in Buffalo, he was a wild stallion also, dude. He was freaking out of control, just was seemed more like a running back than, a, than an actual quarterback. And the passes were just crazy off the charts, inaccurate, and it kind of just slowly clicked. I don't think they got a, a coach as good as Sean McDonough there to help kind of guide him. Um, and, and Brian Dayball also That's was a reason. huge part of, uh, of, of his development also. Um, and obviously we saw, you know, Josh Allen took about a half step back last year without Dayball there. Yeah, look, um, what, look what Danny Dimes did last year with Brian Dayball. <laughs> like, dude, Brian Dayball must be like the quarterback whisperer or something. because He's a damn good offensive coach, dude. He is a good he, – he can coach some freaking offensive football. So I don't, I don't think the Bears have that man i think that's what you're missing because uh, i do think the talent's there obviously he's extremely raw but dude was a, and made some of the most incredible runs i've ever seen from a quarterback or really damn near any player he, you could make a case he was the best runner of the football in the nfl that second half of last season um before we started getting banged up with the injuries but yeah maybe that's kind of if you want something to put some hope on maybe just watch for the week-to-week development of justin fields i don't see any kind of surprise playoff run coming out of the bears this year they cannot have him basically play running back at quarterback though i mean dude just look at the history of it those guys it never do, left they don't make, they don't make it through a full season the majority of the time lamar has had one fully healthy season in his career like dude it's just when you're taking those hits add up when you're a quarterback, man, like you've only got look at Cam Newton, you know, Cam Newton was built like a freaking F one fifty man. And he had really a five year run. dude. There was a few flashes after that, but Cam Newton's run as a premier NFL player really lasted about five seasons. It's tough, man. It's just, and the other problem is, is dude fields takes so many hits when he's in the pocket too, because their offensive line can't block anything. Like, all I remember is watching the Bears-Falcons game last year and thinking, how can you not block this defensive line? They can't get pressure on the quarterback against any team. <laughs> like, dude, teams would like have their offensive lines fall over and the Falcons still wouldn't find their way to the quarterback. I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. The, the Bears are just a weird team. They are, for sure. Um, Robert Genio says, I feel like I should have been included on this podcast. Uh, he asked for our preseason picks. Obviously, we already shared those. He did share his. Um he has Justin Herbert of the Chargers for for MVP. I can see that. I kind of I I think the Chargers are going to have a weird year though, man. I could see that thing kind of imploding there, and we see a new head coach coming in next season because they got a ton of talent, but it just seems like they have not lived up to the expectations at all the last two years. I think Kellen Moore is going to unlock Justin Herbert's full potential, though. I think getting him as offensive coordinator is definitely an upgrade. But Dude, they have to get a different head coach. He is just not the answer. Too conservative, man. He's just too conservative. He's not a great defensive coordinator. I just don't think he's got that killer instinct to be a head coach. Uh, for MVP, or for excuse me, he picked Micah Parsons also for Defensive Player of the Year, and he picked the Bengals over the Eagles for the Super Bowl. Obviously, we're high on both of those teams, so I can see that happening. You skipped one. Uh, you skipped one. Alex Eubanks says, I see what y'all did there with the name and the logo. Yep, acknowledge the goal line. He says, will Deshaun Watson be a flop again or ever rise to prominence in Cleveland? 
I think flop, dude. I think he the years away from the game and all. I, he seemed like he just didn't have it last year. Like it didn't seem like he was shaking off the rust from week to week after he did come back. I think all that freaking mess that he had going on the offseason really kind of messed with his psyche and his confidence. And that's a huge deal for quarterbacks. I don't see him uh, getting it back together, man. I, I, I think it's going to end up being one of the worst contracts in NFL history when all said and done. The dude is clearly talented. He, I mean, he's definitely talented, but dude, I, I just, I'm with you, man. Taking that much time off from the game, like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's really hard to come back from that. And let's, let's all be honest here. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm a Cavs fan. So I understand the Cleveland curse, dude. I get it. Dude, the Browns are cursed. They are literally cursed. They could trade for Patrick Mahomes tomorrow, and I'm not convinced that Patrick Mahomes wouldn't turn into a dumpster fire when he got there. Like, I just, dude, the Browns is just, we, we hear so much talk every year about, man, this is the season the Browns are going to turn it around. And every year they lose games they shouldn't. It's just, I don't know, man. I, I feel bad for Cleveland because, dude, I, Cleveland is a, I like going to Cleveland. I like I like their sports teams and stuff. It's just that they're just destined to fail. I, I just don't get it. And Deshaun Watson is great talent, but dude, I just I don't think he can ever regain what he had in Houston those years with uh Hopkins. I just I don't think you can get it back. I thought it was bad karma. I never understood the why they were in such a rush to give up on Baker Mayfield. You know, he I mean, dude, the only playoff game the Browns have won since they came back in the league. Baker Mayfield was a quarterback and they beat the freaking Steelers in the playoffs. Like that's huge for the Browns. And obviously, you know, he wasn't Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, but I thought he was fine up until that season where he had the injuries. And you know, maybe dude was just an asshole and a pain in the ass behind the scenes because it seemed like they could not you know, I mean, they were racing to dump, you know, a free quarter billion dollars on a on a sex offender uh, just to get rid of this guy. And so I don't know, man, I kind of always had a bad taste in my mouth from how that whole deal went down. Um, it was embarrassing seeing the Falcons, a team that even though I'm not a hardcore fan anymore, I still have a lot of sentimental, uh, you know, feelings towards. I was embarrassed that they were getting into the Sean Watson sweepstakes. I just I don't know, man, I'm out on this guy. I'm not going to lie to you. That was and, and I've sat through some shit. I sat through that Super Bowl when they were going after Deshaun Watson. That was going to be my my way of not being a Falcons fan anymore. I I just couldn't take it. Like, dude, you're, you're Matt Ryan was still on the team, yeah, and you're, Matt you're Ryan driving, is you're driving out. He's probably the best player in franchise history for a guy who, like you said, is a sex offender and hasn't played in two seasons. On top of that, like. I just never understood the the reasoning behind it. I mean, yeah, dude, he's a great football player. But, dude, there's something to be said about being a shit human being, and he is a yeah. shit human being. Like, I'm and sorry, dude, man. Dude, Ryan, in addition to – you could say whatever you want about any, you know, shortcomings he has on, on his game. But as far as, like, you know, the individual, like the person, the personality, that is exactly what you want when you're drafting a franchise quarterback in the top five picks, man. He was with the Falcons for – Freaking 14 years, dude. Never one bit of controversy off the field. Went about his business. Was awesome in the community. Like, I just don't know why you'd be in a rush and going out of your way to get rid of that to move on to, uh, yeah, like you said, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. But, yeah, to answer your question, sorry, Alex. Uh, you Browns fans are in for uh, another rough sledding for the next couple <laughs> of years. So, you guys are used to it, though. It's fine. As a Falcons fan, I can uh, definitely relate. All right, so Philip Donut, our good buddy over in the UK, chimes in. He says, question, why talk about the shit version of football? Um, before we answer, Erox K can already replied. It says, hey, Phil, surely somewhere there's a 0-0. Wait, my bad, a nil-nil football game to go all crazy about. Dude, I, you obviously know how I am. I, I love sports, like every sport. I, I love the World Cup. I love all that stuff. Dude, the... Even the World Cup isn't holding a candle to NFL. Like, and the World Cup is the best of the best soccer you can get, and it's still not holding a candle to NFL. Sorry, Phil. I, I'm usually with you on the the football talk, but not this time, man. NFL yeah, soccer's is like, cool, but it's just no comparison, dude. Like, football is just 
It's the best, man. I mean, dude, I told you, I'm coaching my my son's football team right now. Even just coaching, it's been so much more challenging and engaging coaching the football team than it was soccer. Soccer is basically, hey, roll the ball out there and hey, kick it down there towards the goal, man. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of skill and strategy involved, but it's nothing like football, man. And that that transitions over to watching it, you know, like yeah, people say, oh, you know, there's all the starts and stops, and you know, soccer just goes nonstop. But dude. The starts and stops are kind of what makes it the television juggernaut it is, dude. You get to watch this, like, you know, five to ten second play. And then you got 30 seconds to watch the replays, discuss it, grab a drink of beer, like watch, you know, and and kind of predict what's going to happen next. I think that's what the starts and stops are kind of what makes it such compelling TV to watch. Not to mention, I don't have to wait an hour to go take a piss like I do in soccer games. Like, dude, you have to literally wait an hour to go take a piss till the first half is over. Like... I don't know, man, when I'm drinking that way, it's just, it's really hard for me to stay that long without going. So I love soccer. Sorry, Phil, not today, buddy. (laughs) David Brooks says he's volunteering himself as tribute for a guest spot on the show. Maybe, maybe when we get to the playoffs and we have less games to talk about week to week, maybe we'll experiment with having some of the, uh, the Foley fan members from over the, uh, the Chick Foley show group, uh, come on for for some guest spots. So, so we'll, we'll keep you in mind, David, if we do it, you'll be at the front of the line. Brian Vermeer says, which team do you believe will have the most dramatic change in their win-loss record from last season? Uh, what you know, talk Some that have a, a, change, a positive change, some that have a negative change, and what do you believe will be the contributing factor? So I'll go first, man. I'll, I'll, I'll go with the negative. Um, I'll say the, the Chargers. Like I said, I think there's going to be some hangover from that ugly, ugly loss that they had uh, against the Jaguars, blowing that huge lead in the playoffs. And – I think if they struggle out the gate, you can start to see that that seat getting hot. Um, and, and that just that rarely spells anything good for the team. Usually that's, it proves to be a big distraction. And I can just see the Chargers having a real down year before bouncing back in a big way the next season. Um, Jordan, you got somebody in mind that you see breaking out with a, uh, a big positive change on the from their one loss record from last season? Um, I mean, dude, the the obvious choice, honestly, is the Jets. They went seven and ten last year. I said all season last year that team was an average quarterback away from being a playoff team. They definitely got an above average quarterback. Now I could easily see them winning ten or eleven games, even in that division. I mean, dude, their defense is just stacked. They got the best young corner in the NFL. Garrett Wilson's a monster. It had the offensive and defensive rookie of the year last season, right? Yeah, it's insane. Like. The fact that they drafted the offensive and defensive rookie of the year in the same season is unreal. So, dude, the other thing, the only reason Garrett Wilson won rookie of the year is because Brees Hall got hurt, dude. Brees Hall was looking like one of the top three or four running backs in the league before he blew out his knee last year, um, and he he should be back this season too, man. So, and they got uh, Dalvin Cook too to go on top of it. Yes, dude. They that got team Sauce Gardner, one of the best corners. Like, yeah. yeah, and they the Quinn and Williams is one of the best defensive linemen in football. I know that's not the sexiest position to point out, but he is a monster. And dude, I just I think that team's gonna be really tough. I mean they could it sounds crazy, but honestly, I think Aaron Rodgers is the big question mark, man. Is he, you know, gonna be able to put it back together for a, a whole season? Cause he definitely it, some weeks he had it, some weeks he didn't last year. So uh yeah, I think if, if he delivers, man, it could be a very, very big year for the Jets. Well, their biggest problem is their offensive line looks like it might be the worst in the league. So that's going to be a problem considering Rodgers usually plays behind one of the best offensive lines in football. So not good. All right. And one last question. I'm going to let you take this one because I have not had I've not started any fantasy football research. I know you already got a couple drafts under your belt. Fantasy football, this is also from Ryan Vermeer. Give us one player you believe is overvalued and one player you believe is undervalued. Um, Overvalued, I think that Austin Eckler is going to have a major letdown of a season, honestly. I just – he wanted out. I feel like Kellen Moore's offense is going to definitely do some things for him, but I just – I don't feel like he's going to have the same season everyone's used to. Um, undervalued. This guy is, I mean, he could definitely have an incredible season. Samaj P. Ryan from the Broncos. Uh, Javante Williams is coming off an ACL tear. You never know how you truly react to that till you get into a full game. Um, I think Samaj P. Ryan's going to get a lot of touches. 
As much as he was I, good with the Bengals, man, too. Whenever he got playing time, and as much as I hate the guy, dude, Sean Payton knows how to use his weapons. That's one thing about him is he knows how to use the guys on his team. So, and um, the vibe is that it's going to be a lot less of the Russell Wilson show. So I see them running the ball a lot. Yeah. All right, so that's a wrap. Thank you guys for all of the questions. And, uh, you know, we were tending for this not to go quite this long, but obviously you see how much me and Jordan love talking football. We're going an hour plus on the uh, the teaser episode. So we will be back next week. Still no actual football to talk, but we will go ahead and predict the entire slate of uh, week one games and hit you guys with any news throughout the week to discuss. Um, Jordan, remind the listeners of social media handles. Okay, so on Twitter, it's uh, goal underscore line underscore pod and on instagram it is just the goal line football show so follow us on both those that way you guys can fire off some questions for us um don't hesitate to um send the questions and dms i'll make sure i get to them every week um but yeah thanks for listening and we're looking forward to the season if you're listening on the Chick Foley Show feed and want to get to the exclusive Goal Line podcast feed, we will have that link in the show notes along with some other good stuff for you guys. Uh, I think that's a wrap, man. Jordan, hit us with some closing thoughts. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Watch some college football and prepare for the main course next week. <laughs>